0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wine Hour. What a pleasure to have you back. It's so nice to be here for one hour of entertainment, discussion and discovery in the world of wine. So we prepared for you a great show today. Um, so before we start, uh, let me introduce you to uh, our guest and team. So coming from Piemonte in Italy, It is a great pleasure to welcome our special guest, uh, Chiara Soldati, the CEO of La Scolca, the most famous Italian white wine in the world.
1: Thank you, thank you, Antoine. Uh, Good evening.
0: Una una buonasera. (laughs) Buonasera. Bonsoir. Now, you've all been waiting for them. It's the Wine Dream Team. And uh, this time we're going to start from uh, Paris. Uh, We have Tanisha Townsend. Hello, Tanisha. (laughs) Uh, From London, we have Akosh Forcek.
2: Bravo. Yeah.
0: (laughs)
3: Incredible. Well done. (laughs) Yeah,
0: uh, I've been practicing the whole day. And from uh, Napa Valley, Jamie Orajo. Is everyone ready?
1: As ready as
0: ever. So grab a glass of wine or anything drinkable, tea, water, spirit, whatever you want. Here's a toast to you. Cheers. Mm. Just relax now. And um, here we go. One Cork with uh, Akosh and uh, Jamie, it's all about commenting the news of the wine world. And uh, we're gonna start with something that is actually kind of trendy these days, uh, wine in a can. So uh, Francis Ford Coppola just uh, basically had released a uh, wine in a can. So the, the, the question, is it, uh, is it basically a trend? Is it hype? Uh, What do you think of it? I'm just going to run a a very quick poll about wine in a can. So people in the audience, you can answer it whenever you feel like it. And um, so who wants to start? Akosh, Jamie, who wants to start to talk about wine in a can?
3: Hey, well, I mean, I have to say, uh, (laughs) doesn't seem to be super excited
0: about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, hang on, hang on. I'm very excited about this. Uh, Okay, okay. So So shall we? No, we started talking about it. Um, I've always felt like I didn't personally want to drink wine out of a can, Um, but then when I started doing some more research, it was really fascinating. And I've actually ordered some wine in a can. Um, Didn't arrive before today, unfortunately. Um, but i think um you know i think it's like anything wine in a bottle wine in a can wine in bag and box it can be terrible wine and it can be good wine right it's not the container that determines the quality per se
3: well at the end of the day if the customer is willing to drink it in that format i don't think you as a producer should be discriminating against them if you want to be part of that market and you just bottle it i think The from my experience uh, is that you have to be really conscious because um, there has to be an inside lining in the can so it doesn't go into a chemical reaction with the wine because unfortunately with some cheap wines, which is still by the way, the average price of a can in the, in the UK is like something like five, below five pounds. Uh, and uh, in, in in wherever you find it elsewhere, actually it's even two pounds 50 in the supermarkets, you can find it. Uh, but a lot of the cheap ones uh, that they've done it initially. And that I think was the real problem is that the wine actually went into chemical reaction with the inside lining. And that was a bad one. And uh, but, now, yeah, but I think
2: that the technology has, has yes. advanced And And there's some good
0: quality ones now, from what I've seen.
3: And $25 well,
0: and that, a can sometimes in the US is...
2: The other thing that I was um, very interested to see um, was some of the market research done on younger consumers, that they buy wine in a can, but they don't actually drink it out of the can, right? A little bit like, you know, you, you buy your Guinness in a can, but you don't drink Guinness out of a can, right? You pour it into a glass um and so i think um that was kind of an interesting thing to me i obviously now we're not going to make thousand dollar cabernet to lay down for a hundred years in a can no right that just doesn't make sense but for fresh wines that are meant to be drunk soon and young it's great i
3: I think i think even now during COVID, uh you know there is the consumer behavior that has changed because they have to i just came back from uh Uh, drinks uh, in a garden in six degrees Celsius in London with friends and you're out in the cold and uh, you know what it's easy to transport uh, it's easy to chill it's easy to keep it cold it's a smaller container than the wine uh, bottle and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's more adopted to what uh, what people uh, do nowadays and seems to be it's a growing segment so yeah. whether that's going to be a trend that's going to last, like, you know, you had these mixed, uh, you know, uh, cocktails and this mixed, uh, you know, Moscow mules and all this kind of stuff that was a of mule and things like that, that slowly died, basically. After three, four years, we'll see.
0: But at at this Some moment, some, time, some people were saying it's practical if your lifestyle is very on the go. You go camping, you go outdoors. You're not going to go around with the uh, with the bottle and, of course, crew and things like that or... Uh, So potentially they may have a point, you know, in terms of uh, practicality.
2: And also, I mean, it's environmentally um, a lot less weight to ship and it actually ships better um, with less wasted space than glass bottles. I mean, they don't break as easily, right? Um, Fascinating fact, though, because uh, there's been a massive glass shortage sort of all over the world, which we're... Dealing with um, in the wine industry, obviously, and um, I was thinking, oh, maybe this is actually kind of a cool thing. Maybe there's some of our wines we should do in a can, or at least do some of it in a can. And apparently, um, the same problem is in the, the tin it's, industry, so yeah. it actually doesn't solve anything. Yeah, yeah.
0: There, there, really was an ar- anything. there was an article in Decanter the where they were they were basically te- testing the the, the the taste of the different uh, wines in the cans, and some of them were were pretty good. So is it a question of quality I mean, or perception? Or? With
3: the container, it's not a container issue. It's just who is willing to put it in there. If okay. Mutar Roch Tomorrow decides that they are willing to put it in there. It's going to be a great wine. There's there's no question about okay. it. But it's not an ageable wine. It's not something as you know as yeah. as Jay correctly pointed out. You know you should not put a Mouton Rothschild in 2017 in there because it's a travesty. The wine needs to age 20 years, right? But if you have a wine that is a nice rosé wine from somewhere and you put it in there and it's ready to drink and boom, you open it up. It's great. It's fine. It's it, but but you put something in there that is ready to drink at the moment when you bring it out. So if you have the technology, and I'm going to be completely off, you know, the you know out of the whole boxes, you know, if you if you if you decide that you know you have a, an old vintage uh, Bordeaux that you have like 200 bottles of it, they have the technology. They can put it in cans, and you can sell it if that's what you want to do, you know. But the the product should be ready at the time when you open it up. That's
2: the key about it. And just so we're clear, the reason for that, um, the main reason for that is that as wine ages, one of the ways that it ages is a very limited um, connection with the air, right? And that's why cork is such a great um, yep. closure because it does allow imperceptible amounts of air um, to, to actually to let the wine breathe. Okay. Um, oxidation in that way is actually a really important part of especially red wine aging. Um, it is not something that you want for young whites and young rosés and things like that, that are meant to be crisp and fresh and wonderful. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I liken the, the cans to bag and box, right? If I'm in Scandinavia, I will totally drink wine in bag and box. Cause I know they put decent wines in there. Um, if I'm in the South of France, rosé out of a bag and box. I mean, that's how you get through vacation with your family all summer. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know if you're putting crud into cans yeah i'd rather not drink it but if it's nice wine and it's meant to be drunk young let's go for it okay it.
0: result from the uh, from the poll uh it's about 70 percent would not drink wine in a can so uh potentially there's uh there's time of uh, of getting used to it there's time of uh, potentially marketing stuff so we'll see uh, mm-hmm. on to the second topic and uh and and this one i know is 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 a bit controversial it's about natural wine Uh. Uh, (laughs) okay good start
2: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, uh,
0: what do you think about natural wine
2: i think it's wonderful we're having discussions about the quality of wine and how it's made and what goes into the making of wine there is natural wine means so many different things to so many different people there is no one standard definition so that's why i i always roll my eyes and sigh a little bit because people often will like grab the natural wine banner and kind of ride out into battle against all kinds of things and it's like eh, no um you know they'll they'll go on and on about how sulfur is so bad and we don't use any sulfur in our wines it's like well Sulfur is a preservative. It needs to be managed properly. It's been used in wine and other things since the Romans. You eat far more sulfur um, in your daily diet because it's used in all kinds of food preservation than you ever drink in wine. Um, But people get very overexcited about sulfur. Um, The other thing is if you don't use sulfur, it's not shelf stable. It's not stable at all. So if you're drinking this beautiful natural wine that's no sulfur, um right at the winery or right next to the winery it might be absolutely delicious but then you know you send it somewhere and you can have some very nasty surprises
0: okay i've launched a poll to ask people about what they think about natural wine uh mm-hmm. Akosh, what do you think about natural wine
3: well i mean <sighs> I'm looking at it from a, a dual perspective, basically. One is uh, the perspective of someone who was completely ignorant about my, about natural wine until about, about two years ago when uh, I discovered, and most of you will probably not know that, but the natural wine capital of the world is Shanghai. They have more natural wine bars than anywhere else in the world. It's completely crazy. And the prices of natural wines are just unbelievable okay so i have uh, spent a few nights out uh, you know trying i was dragged into these bars against my own will and i was trying to be converted about the fact that the natural wines are great and i have to say i tried some natural wines that were great but at 500 a bottle they better Oops. be good okay <laughs> so uh, um and um i will always remember all my life uh, when uh, Priory Rock went natural and there was the big deal about, you know, him being completely natural. And I remember at Wien Expo in 2000 and I don't know, four, five or seven, I can't remember now, I bumped into his import in the US who just sent back an entire container of wine because they refermented. Okay, the entire container of wine. And the problem is from our perspective, as an importer and a distributor is that if I buy wine, let's say from Jamie, who makes this natural wine in America, I put it on the container, It, you know, it bounces around on the ocean for six, seven weeks until it gets here. And then, you know, we open it up and I sell it to a private client and he opens it up and out of 12 bottles, three will be quite good. Let's say even excellent, but the remaining is not. Then that is a massive problem. And I am being I was told by many natural wine producers that this is not the case. This is not the case because they do it better and they do it this, that the other. I mean, I personally, you know, work, thank God with great wine producers from around the world. And I have asked this question to them, many of them. And I don't think that I can actually word verbatim repeat what they said, but the polite way of saying it is that they rather split their own throat then make natural wine.
2: but but this being said, I do think it's opening up a good conversation because I think one of the things that people are reacting to when they say, "I'm attracted to natural wine, I'm really interested in I want to drink natural wine," is you know we're all getting, I think, a little better about looking at what we're putting in our bodies. like what's where does it come from? Um, how is it farmed? How are the people being treated? You know, all of these things that that go into sustainability as a whole. And in the winery, um, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen. You know, there are a lot of additives. There's tons of stuff that can go into wine um, that, quite frankly, shouldn't. But um, particularly when you're making more industrial wine that are actually um, helping you to make it easier basically um and and not have certain issues of re-fermentation or or contamination whatever and also it means you don't have to be that careful right you don't have to really concentrate on exactly what you're doing
0: yeah and potentially potentially there's people also sorry Go go ahead no no go ahead go ahead
3: natural wine and what you put in your body for me, in my mind, are two different things. If you're talking about organic by, the, by even not even by them, it's just organic wine versus, you know, if somebody is so conscious about that, it's not the sulfide that is going to kill you, right? I mean, that, let's be honest. What's going to kill you is simply to have uh, what the, 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 the pesticides and the herbicides that they use. You can still make a natural wine and use herbicides and pesticides in the vineyards. These things have nothing to do with each other. Okay. So, people, they, so, so people can say, oh my God, oh my God, this wine is so natural. But yeah, it's natural because you don't put in there any sulfites, but this has absolutely nothing to do, like zero with what you your concoction is in terms of making the wine flavoring, acidifying, everything else that you put in there. The only thing you do, you don't put sulfites in there. That's your natural wine claim to fame.
0: You know yeah, what? So, so probably... And, yeah, probably people are going to get confused. I think we're going to talk with Tanisha about the differences between all these different names, you know, biodynamic and, and organic and uh, and natural. Uh, well,
2: and, I, and sorry, just to I know I know you want to move us on, but um, I I do want to say that I, there's a big push right now um, to. Uh, for labeling, um, like nutritional labeling basically. And you would have to on wine, and you would have to list all of the things that you used. And I'm a hundred percent in favor of that in principle. The problem is that we've had such bad education around um, for consumers around things. And you know, the whole sulfur thing, all of a sudden it's like, oh, sulfur, so I get headaches because of sulfur. It's like, ay, caramba. Um, you know, it really is important that people understand mm-hmm. What are the things that are, you know, to Akosha's point, pesticides and herbicides and things that are actually going to hurt you? And what are actually natural parts of, you know, yeast, sulfur, um, things that are natural parts of, of the wine making wor- uh, world, even at a very high quality level?
0: Yes. So education, very important. Just a result of the poll. Uh, so to, to the question, are you attracted to natural wine? Uh, 60% are. Would you drink natural wine? Uh, close to 80%. So uh, I think that people have an interest in, 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 in these because they, they, they want to, to get things that are healthier in, you know, uh to drink healthier things. And uh, just, I would
3: clarify one thing. Yes. You are not going to get a headache because of the sulfites. You're going to get a headache because of the alcohol dehydration in your body. This has <laughs> nothing to do with sulfites, okay? And trust me, take this from a professional drinker. I've been drinking professionally <laughs> since 1992. And I can tell you that. There is nothing to do with sulfite.
0: Okay, and you look healthy. And you look
3: healthy well, the, the, really. the other
2: thing, the <laughs> other thing that may give you that headache is actually sugar. If you're drinking yeah. wines that aren't very good, okay. the sugar yeah. and the alcohol is what's going to kill you. It's not yeah. sulfur.
3: There so now you know. Capitalized wines, septalized wines. You know, um, acidified wines. You know, these these are the things that is going to really hurt you more.
0: But, okay. You know. So now you all know about this. Okay. So it's not the sulfur that is basically making you a headache. No. Before we finish, thumbs up, comes down for this week. Who wants to start? <laughs> excited. Thumbs up, thumbs up, from, being,
3: <laughs> thumbs up from, from the business perspective is that finally people are able to meet in their gardens at least in England. So six people, that means that we have seen a surge of wine sales. People are ordering more wine all of a sudden because it's not just them drinking as a couple, but they get other people into their house as well, which is great. So that's that's wonderful. The thumbs down is that two years ago, sorry, last year, sorry, at the same period of time, it was 30 degrees. Now it's five.
0: Yeah, that's a big thumbs down.
3: So the hardcore people are still in the garden, you know what I mean, drinking. Thank God that we are in England, because in Italy, nobody would be in the garden at at five degrees. No,
0: probably not. Okay, Jamie. All right,
2: well, I'll start with my thumbs down because it's a big one. Um, we were supposed to be bottling our rosé today and because of a vendor error, um, we have no glass and
4: so Ooh. we can't bottle. And this
0: happens
2: so even in my the US? Face- even in Napa does this happen? Even in Napa,
0: Ooh. even
3: in- Is it made in, uh, chi- made in China bottles?
2: No, actually, no, the bottles are here. It's actually the, uh, the screen printer who let us down. Okay. With, with okay. A So that is a huge thumbs down because there's a knock on effect of I won't even go into a million. Um, My thumbs up is that I got my second shot last week.
0: Oh, nice!
2: I am totally vaccinated, and as of next Tuesday, I will have full um, COVID immunity. Well, as far as it can be.
0: Okay, nice. So you'll be able to travel when you can travel, which is in twenty twenty.
2: I am going wherever I can. I am so desperate to travel. Okay.
0: Um, So on my side, I have, this time I have a thumbs down and I have a thumbs up. So my thumbs down is, there was an article in The Guardian. uh, It was titled, Average Westerners' Eating Habits Lead to the Loss of Four Trees Per Year. No, okay, I'm not going to be proselytizing, whatever. It's just to show that it's very important to be aware of what you consume, eat, or drink, because it does have impact so if you care about sustainability the environment things like that just get informed and and choose whatever you want to eat or drink but at least you would know so that's my thumbs down now the thumbs up our very own tanisha townsend has been named 2021 simon awards ambassador so this is launched by chateau pomar in burgundy to celebrate selfless women impacting the lives of others congratulations tanisha well done so
2: much very well deserved
0: thank you well very much akosh and jamie and uh, we'll see you in uh, two weeks on You're to ready. tanisha bye, bye. bye. Hello, Tanisha.
5: Hello, how are you?
0: I am good, how's your highness? <laughs>
5: uh, is this what we're doing today? Is this how this is gonna
0: go? Yeah, yeah, it's okay, this is the last time I say it. Okay. Okay.
5: Congrats. I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm with it, I'll get a tiara next oh, time. Oh
0: yeah, that would be nice, Probably. that would be great. Yes. Uh, we were talking about natural wine with uh, with Jamie and Akos. Uh, what's a mess? Uh, there's so many things in all, natural wine, biodynamic, organic. Can you make some sense in all of this?
5: Okay, I will try to make it as <laughs> clear as mud. Okay.
6: You. Okay,
5: that's where we start. So um, I actually uh, looked up what some definitions were. So I understand why people are having this kind of um, issue with defining it. Now also I found that this is a um, statement by Columella who was uh, in organic agriculture back in the Roman times. So. A long, long time ago. And he says, the most excellent wine is one which has given pleasure by its own natural qualities. Nothing must nothing must be mixed with it which might obscure its natural taste.
0: Oof. So... Okay, what, the, what does that mean?
5: There's one person's view on natural wine. Okay. okay. They, nothing should be added, taken away that might obscure the natural
0: Ooh, Okay. Fair enough. doesn't help us, but fair enough.
5: Right, now, (laughs) definitions of natural wine is farmed organically and made without adding or removing anything in the cellar. No additives or processing aids are used and intervention in the naturally occurring fermentation process is kept to a minimum. As such, neither fining nor filtration are used. Okay, that's easy enough. So
0: basically you don't add yeast to it, you just leave it as it is and ferment it the way it is. Yes. Okay.
5: And so that goes back to what Akosh and uh, um, Jamie were saying, you know, as part of the natural wine thing. Next, another definition. Grapes grown organically, harvested manually, and wild fermented with their own yeast. So saying the same thing, simpler.
0: Okay, what does it mean to be farmed, uh, to be raised and farmed organically?
5: So grown organically, which now they're just giving you the one line, whereas before they were saying um, no additives, no processing aids. So growing organically, no pesticides, no herbicides, okay. none of those things. So that's what they mean Okay. In sense. And then the last definition, what does natural wine mean? The opposite of industrial, so. You have those three definitions.
0: Okay, that's it. Uh, makes it very much clearer, definitely. Yes. So
5: I'm glad that I could be here to clear this up for everyone. Thank you for coming to my segment. Um, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> okay, what about biodynamic?
5: I have more. So <laughs> okay. um, now, when you start talking about biodynamic, that's when you get a little deeper into it. Uh, they do actually have an approved recognition for biodynamic. But with biodynamic, it must be organic, plus the farm must be diversified and self-sustainable. Okay. Planting, harvesting, and pruning practices are determined by a specific calendar, taking into account both the lunar cycles and the position of the sun and the planets. Okay. A very... In tune.
0: Yes, with nature. And well, from what I understood as well, the fact that they have forests around it, may have orchards, they have bees, it helps all this, basically this ecosystem to actually yes. live in harmony.
5: Yes. And even using like animals that they have and taking the waste from the animals, putting that into the ground and using that as fertilizer and something about the skull of a cow and putting that into the ground. That part got a little voodoo ish for me, so I stopped there. Okay. But um, so that is biodynamic. But wines labeled biodynamic, they have a recognition from the Demeter or Demeter Association. Um, and so that is something that you can see on bottles. I have seen that. I have also seen um, AB on bottles, okay. um, meaning organic grapes, and then also BioDivine which is grapes grown biodynamically.
0: Okay. One of the, 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 the main theme about you know, natural, and organic, and biodynamic is the non-usage of pesticides and herbicides. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So we could say that at least whatever you're going to be drinking in these, uh, you, you will not be in, in ingesting any petroleum basically in your body.
5: That is something you can say, yes. Okay. And uh, there are a lot of um, well-known regions and wines that actually do use organic and or biodynamic processes. They just don't communicate it. Um, They don't, you know, they just don't say anything about it because they're like, this is just something that we should do. But also because there isn't a clear definition. What some people think of as organic, other people won't. They're like, oh, well, you're not doing it this way. You're not doing it this way. And so it gets a bit uh, confusing. Okay. There are a lot of champagne producers that do it um, in an organic way.
7: And, okay. um,
5: and Dominique just mentioned that there are a lot of Grand Cru and Bordeaux that are bi- biodynamic. Okay. And they just don't say anything about that. Yeah. So. Which is still different than natural. I have had organic and biodynamic wines that I've liked. I have a friend who owns um, an organic wine shop. And so everything she gives me I've enjoyed it. But then she's like, oh, I got this natural. And I'm like, oh, well, this was fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank now, you.
5: <laughs> i put my coat on. Like, I'm, yeah. thanks, no thanks. Okay. I'm still, that.
0: Yeah.
5: I'm just not there yet.
0: Getting slowly, maybe. Any questions from the audience? It's your turn. Uh, any questions you have? Raise your hand, write it in the chat, and uh, Tanisha will answer. OK, I think oh, I have um,
5: just said what if what you're doing, you're doing organic, but your neighbor isn't. Then you also are not doing organic.
0: OK, That's... I have a question from Boney. Guts, can you put yourself, can you unmute yourself and put your video on if your camera ready?
6: Hi there. Hi there, Tanisha. Hi. Hi. Hi,
0: Boney. Long time.
6: Hi. Thanks. Did you
0: hear you back?
6: Yeah, I've become a, an avid follower. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I wanted to, I just actually just wanted to throw something in there, Tanisha. I think that it's really cool that you are um, exploring all these different variations and sharing this information with us because, as you say, it's very confusing. I mean, we're looking up definitions of words at this point, right? <laughs> um, but it's all still very new, and the natural movement is still very new. So we, I also understand whenever you're saying like the natural wines are very, I think what the word that they use is funky. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's an appropriate word. Yes. And so, um, I, I guess my comment is just that is that I think that a lot of us in the wine world who are are, are used to the old world wines and the 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 consistency of of certain uh, grapes not really being carried out if you go over to a natural wine. You know, they're they're less structured um, and a lot more expressive, unlike. Funky notes that we're just not exposed to. So I think that your explanation is really appropriate. I hope that um, we see a lot more development in the natural wine world. Uh, that kind of has more of a following. So thank you for your explanation. Okay. Today. No problem. Thanks. Thank thanks
0: for boning for sharing. Um, yeah, And
5: I thank Bonnie for bringing that up as far as um, the actual taste of it, because I do think that some of it has to do with people are used to a taste of one thing. So when they taste something else, they're like, oh, this isn't for me. Like if you eat, like we're just talking regular things. Transparency, moment of transparency. I like peanut butter a lot. I like Jif peanut butter and uh, I just like it. And when I mentioned how I can't get that kind of peanut butter here, people are like, oh, well, you should get the natural kind. Well, the natural kind is lumpy. It's not smooth. It separates. It's oil at the top, peanut butter at the bottom. And I don't like it. But then there's some people who love that because that's what they're used to. I'm used to it one way. It's nothing wrong with this other way. I just don't prefer it. So... With that said, anyone here in America that wants to send me some peanut butter, you can just send me a
2: message. <laughs> okay, that was a <laughs> <Talk about> that.
5: <laughs> that was just a little plug for me. So, okay. I'm sorry. Elizabeth.
0: 1-800-Tanisha. Send me some peanut butter. Hi, Tanisha. Hello.
7: Hi, Antonia. So this is my first time doing this with you guys, and it's great. And um. So first of all, um, my husband and I, well, my husband is a sommelier. He's a winemaker. We, we turned our garage into a winery, you know, mm-hmm. so we're making it small batches at the moment. In a couple of months we will be selling our wine to, you know, but um, as Jamie was saying earlier, my husband says the same thing. There's more sulfur in your food that we eat every day than there is in wine. Um, so I don't get nervous when he, you know, is using, the, the soft plate or whatever, you know, in the wine. Um, as far as the can, I'm not going there yet with the canned wine. And I, I think I answered the one question wrong. I said, um, I wouldn't drink natural wines. No, that's not true. But I'm not attracted to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my wine. I'm sitting here drinking a Tremonette today from one of our local wineries in Pennsylvania. And it's really good. And, but yeah, so... Um, you know, uh, um, some of the stuff you're talking about is the same thing my husband's teaching me. You know, I'm not the winemaker; I'm the rug rat, as he says. <laughs> I do what <it> the rug. <laughs> he calls me the rug rat.
0: Yeah, the, the <laughs> show is the show is made to it, it, it's as as we always say. The show is is not You don't need to be an expert to no. to enjoy wine. is just having a glass and just drinking and enjoying it so uh so this is this is why the, how the show is designed and uh, uh thank you elizabeth for your for yeah, your support you. and uh for participating today yeah thank uh, you thank and you and i wanted
5: to say something about sulfites too because uh they mentioned it before and then also since elizabeth just mentioned it wine folly has a really good graph on her website that talks about sulfites and there are more sulfites in orange juice dried fruit french fries than there is in dry red wine.
0: Okay. Now you know. So don't drink don't drink your uh, don't eat french fries with your wine. It would be too much. Thank you Tanisha. And, and I do. So. <laughs> oh, no, he That's just okay.
7: corrected me. I'm not a rug rat, I'm a silver rat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much your Highness Tanisha Townsend for uh, thank you. License to say and we go on for our last segment have a drink with me. So it is a pleasure to, uh, to welcome uh, Chiara Soldati. And uh, I think she's going to, uh... here you are.
4: Hi. Buona
0: buonasera. Buona
4: buona
0: Come stai? Very well,
4: Molto
0: what, a, what a pleasure to have you on uh, the show today. Um, so normally I, uh, I do small introductions. Uh, I try to be funny and witty. Doesn't work all the time, but you know, I'm trying. Uh, but this time, I have to admit, I didn't do it. So um, I asked someone to do it for me. And uh, so, for those of you who have not been watching the screen till now, I would recommend you to do so. Um, here we go.
1: Ciao, chiara. Questa è una sorpresa.
0: Hi Chiara, this is a surprise for you. I greet and thank Mr. Abu Samra and greetings to all the listeners. Let me introduce myself. I am Giorgio Soldati, Chiara's father, well known by those who follow La Skolka and her wines. For those few who still don't know her, Chiara, my daughter, is the fourth generation who today manages and takes care of the family wine business. The fifth generation, Ferdinando, is still completing his studies but has already shown great interest in continuing this tradition. I consider myself lucky to have had a daughter, especially in this particular moment, since Chiara has brought to the management of the company, thanks also to her classical studies, elegance, kindness, sophistication, in a sector that has always been governed by men, made of technology in the cellar, hard work in the vineyard, and commercial difficulties on the market. The added value of Chiara's presence emerges in particular in the communication and marketing activities in a historical moment characterized by new digital technologies and their evolution with which Chiara was lucky to grow with from the internet onwards.
3: This aspect,
0: combined with her innate predisposition for human relationships, has allowed her to win over and fascinate anyone she meets. This is the secret of Chiara's and Laskolka's success that I can summarize as follow. Intelligence, competence, sympathy and empathy, a lot of passion and hard work, attention to every detail combined with the history and tradition of the winery, the quality and drinkability of our wines and an increasingly widespread diffusion in the world over 60 countries with the presence in important and iconic places places, places, such as the Cheval Blanc restaurant in Paris, Paris, owned by the Moet Company. Now the baton is in her hands. Best wishes to Chiara and to all of you. Have a nice evening. Ora Chiara, il
1: testimone nelle tue mani. Continua così, vai bene. Auguri a tutti voi per la serata. Buona continuazione.
7: Wow, it is
4: really a great surprise.
0: Yeah, she, she first, didn't know about first,
4: it. Because uh, my father was a very strong teacher with me. And uh, starting the beginning, he was very hard teacher. And I thank him really for this, because uh, I became what I am now, only with this uh, strong trainer. trainer, And so I work in Las Colcas since uh, 27 years. And now I'm very happy about my choice and uh, my father now. I think that it is the first time in his life and in my life that uh, he demonstrate uh, his uh, great happiness uh, for me because uh, as a, a classical Italian father, well, he never uh, considered that the best is always uh, what you will do, and not what you did.
0: So, so the words that he was having for you were were very, very, very nice words. Uh, now, nowadays, the, the presence of women in the wine world is 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 you know it's it's much more widespread than what it used to be. Um, how how were you able to impose yourself? Because 27 years ago, a woman in the world of wine in Italy. Was was a bit complicated. Uh, so, how how did you do it?
4: Well, when I started to work uh, in the wine industry, absolutely. The situation, the scenario was totally different from uh, from now. I remember that uh, the presence of uh, not the same like uh, like now. So I I worked a lot, I studied a lot. Now when we find women in all the positions, it was very hard to um, to obtain my goal and my uh, exposition, good exposition. In the in the male world, uh, well, I'm I'm satisfied because I'm always uh, uh, believed that, that um, it is not important to be woman or, or man, but you need to be well trained and a great professional profile in every business, including the wine. So I never use my, well, yes, my smile sometimes, because I, I think that the women are able to arrange a very good compromise in the, in the strong business and also in, um, in the situation where uh, people are fighting or are in the very far position. Uh, obviously, I, I work at the, with my, my profile, my character, uh, finding always a good compromise also inside my team, because I believe in the team. And what changed from my father's um, leadership was uh, the idea that, yes, I am the leader, I am the owner of the company, I am the CEO, but we work in team. And only with the great efforts, great work, and the high professional profile, I arrived to be considered well, and to be considered the, the, the captain of the boat. And the last year was a great demonstration about the human quality, the professional profiles of everyone in the wine industry and not only in the wine industry. So I, I was very courageous. i, I maintaining always a, a great efforts in my in my business. My business is my life. I love my work. I, n- I was never boring for my work and I balanced it well my time also uh, for my son. Well, I organize always very well my time, my schedule, my my time in my, in my vineyards, in my company. And my son now is uh, 18 years old and uh, he... He will be the fifth generation. Yes, he started to work uh, last year in the vineyards Wake up, I wake up at uh, five in the morning, long and hard work in
0: the vineyards. One of one the things that is, that, is, that is really clear is that um, you, you imposed your, your presence uh, not because you were the daughter, but because of your hard work and, and the success that was also uh, coming with your work and the establishment the further establishment of Las uh in Italy and internationally. Um, there was another thing that is, that is, that is very important uh, that your father also mentioned about tradition. And one of the difficult thing that is, is that when you have a winery that is 102 years old, uh, that has gone through many generations, that has a certain tradition and, 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 and quality to keep, how do you protect it while adapting to the 21st century
4: well uh, last year was uh, really a very particular year i um, i decided to continue to to follow our investment and uh, our important role in improving las La colca's uh, uh, competitiveness and uh, facing in a new challenge for the global market and uh, well, we we always respected the tradition, and any generation uh, was really very um, very thankful for the past. Well, in these uh, hundred two years, uh, we maintained our identity, but uh, we started. Uh, new chapters and uh, especially the biodynamical uh, philosophy uh, was uh, increased and also the green philosophy because we started that from the beginning to to work in this uh, in this way but also to open our, our tradition, look into the future with modernity, with a new um, system of growing for the vineyards and also new, um, new opportunity in terms of communication. So we can consider LaSkolka like the oldest seller in, uh, in Gavi, but also the most moderns in terms of technology, in terms of a new concept and new phino- philosophy. And I think that our passion, our courage, uh, and also our unconventional choices, because uh, we are always a step uh, um, in front of the other, because we we love to be courageous and to create something that is new and uh, to approach uh, the future looking far away.
0: To, to tell people about uh, about Las Colcas just a bit more, uh, it's 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 probably the most known white wine, Italian white wine in the world and uh, had the highest quality. Um, it's in, 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 in five-star hotels, in Michelin star restaurant. A lot of celebrities are, 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 are drinking it. Uh, it doesn't mean that because celebrities, but a lo- lot of high, you know, people with taste uh, drink it. Um, I was wondering, as we're talking about that, uh, is there a special relationship between Colcas and celebrities and yachts and luxury establishment? Is it by design? Is it, is it just just happened like that?
4: Well, it is something that uh, we, we never studied. Uh, well, it, it happened. When we were born uh, under two years ago and uh, after uh, the Second World War, we, we started to be listed uh, in the beautiful restaurants and uh, property all over the world. For example, was uh, Sirio Maccioni. The owner of Le Cirque in New York that wanted the Las Black Label for his restaurant because uh, Frank Sinatra asked for Black Label Las in New York, and okay. uh, it was uh, yes, it was uh, 40 years ago, so a long, long time ago. And uh, step by step, uh, mouth by mouth, Las Colca became very fashion wine and a very, uh, very glamour wine, and we maintained this uh, this style, but. It is not as a wine only for VIP, obviously. It is for us a great satisfaction that uh, Queen Elizabeth or Tom Cruise or George Armani or uh, Versace family or Tom Tom Cruise or Colin Firth or Elton John and many others, for their private moment, they ask Las Colcas wines. But for us, all the the customer, all the consumer is uh, super and uh, special because uh, I'm I'm, mm, many times i asked myself why La Skolka became so popular in the world and i think that we maintain it we maintain it, our authenticity we are a wine without the mask we are a, ma- a wine with a face with a strong identity like i said but also a wine with a heart. Like Mario Soldati, the, the famous Italian uh, writer that uh, written also the first Italian wine guide, said us. Uh, and uh, he wished us that uh, when we, we will uh, arrive to an industrial goal, we never, never forget our hurt. And uh, the passion is on the basis of this great success. And I believe that uh, we, we don't uh, uh, born like uh, a wine growers, but uh, we became. Uh, uh, but inside, it is something that you feel and you smell Uh, I remember the first time with my father in 1978, uh, walking in the vineyards during the harvest, and I remember the perfume and the same perfume and is the perfume that I smell every year during the harvest. So it is something that enters in yourself, in your mind, in your uh, in your heart, and this great passion is the passion that uh, is a great uh, machine for us, a great power to overcome the difficult moment. And I can assure that our work is not only Las Vegas or Los Angeles or beautiful properties in Caribbean. It is the great, uh, great work that you can see on my back. But, uh, the passion and uh, this uh, great love for wine is uh, the secret of this great success. It yeah. is not something that you can pay or you can buy. Yeah. It is something that uh, you build uh, brick after brick uh, every generation, every day, step by step. Every long journey starts with one step. Yeah. And uh, we are always continuing our journey every day with a new step
0: yeah because quality is extremely important and you've been able to maintain that quality for very very long time so what are the main challenges facing a winery like Las Colcas, who is which is which is focused on very high quality because you know you've got COVID you get so many different things happening what are these mean what are the main challenges
4: Well, the great challenge uh, is uh, the global warming, because with the global warming, it's very difficult uh, uh, to maintain the freshness, the elegance, the acidity, and the low alcohol degree that we have in our glasses. So what we are doing since many years with the support of a very famous uh, agronomist from uh, the University of Bordeaux is uh, to work in the vineyards. So our wine born in the vineyards, and the can, can seem very banal as a statement, but it isn't banal because we work like this from the beginning and we, we increased our philosophy to maintain and to respect the natural process in the vineyards, but we are working very hard with the very hot summer working in the quantity on, of the grapes on the plants. So many times we we start in June with the green harvest to limit the quantity, but to invest to the quality and also to work with, on the leaves, on the green part of the plant. And we work the soil, we, be, we are very attentive for this. For this reason, we are able to start, for example, last year, Uh, They they harvest uh, around the middle of August in order to keep uh, uh, the freshness of the grapes. Uh, The sugar is the natural sugar that we obtained in the vineyards. The alcohol is the alcohol that we have naturally in the grapes. So we never adjust what we, we obtained in the vineyards in the cellar. So the wines became clean for depositation and not with any chemical addicts. We we don't use any more addictive for the wines. So everything is totally natural. For this reason, our wines can be very um, it, uh, very long with a very long uh, life. So, we have uh, tasted the last year with Bruce Anderson of Wine Spectator, a Gavi Black Label 1989. So, it is the secret. It is like a runner. If you are healthy and you train yourself, you are a long life. If you use a doping or some uh, uh, products, your life will be very short. So, it is the same long train. Great uh, great efforts uh, and the strict rules. So and healthy
0: and, and, and yes and no additives. Uh, we're gonna open the questions to the audience who would oh, like yes.
4: With to,
2: the pleasure.
0: to ask a question to Chiara Soldati.
7: Chiara, hi it's Elizabeth.
0: Hello Elizabeth.
7: Um, hi. What is your um, question? So what part uh, yes, yeah, so what part of Italy is your winery um, located?
4: Well, we are located in Piemont. Piemont is northwest Italy, and Gavi is in the south of Piemont, 70 kilometers far to the Ligurian Sea. So one hour, one hour and a half by car to Portofino, to Santa Margherita, to Genoa. So we are very close to the sea. And it is very lucky for our uh, vineyards because we have the the fresh breeze from (laughs) from the sea. Thank you very
0: much, yeah. Elizabeth. Thank you. Any, thank you. Thank you. Any other questions from the audience to Kara?
7: Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm sorry. I want to just say your father's speech was amazing. Your father <laughs> talking to you was amazing. It made me cry when I was sitting here because it reminds <laughs> me of my father-in-law. You know.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Um, Elizabeth. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we have a question from uh, Noor Abiluchi El Khouri. Can you, uh, you can put the audio on and if you're camera friendly, you can put the uh, video on.
1: Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, uh, uh, I'm an Enology student, actually, in Lebanon. Okay. And uh, my question to Mrs. Kiara is, what is her um, advice um, for a freshly graduate student like
4: me? I, I think that now the wine world... Uh, could be very attractive for uh, the new generation and uh, for the new business opportunity uh, in Italy, and not only in Italy, because, uh, well, uh, the wine world is increasing. And uh, expanding, so I think that uh, the new the new generation uh, can be very important uh, in the renovation of the wine business. And the wine business started the great re- re- renovation during the the pandemic and the COVID accelerated a lot the uh, modernity of the, the new sellers. So I think that uh, it is a very interesting uh, opportunity in Europe, in France, in Spanish, in Italy, or for example, in California or in Argentina. We have many, many opportunity in the wine business, absolutely. New Zealand. New Zealand is very, very interesting for, uh, for a new generation um, graduated in, uh, in the wine business.
0: So, the world is yours, Noor?
4: I'm in Lebanon.
0: Yeah, I know. I know, I know there's a bit of well, problems to go. I,
4: I, love, I love Chateau Mouzard. <laughs> you, you have also beautiful wines. Actually, my home, uh, um, I'm originated from Gazir, where Chateau Mouzard is located. But we in Lebanon are facing uh, um, a very hard economic crisis, which is affecting wineries because wine is considered as a luxury product. Yes. So, yes. Th- this, uh, this is bad. Yes,
0: uh, it's a big, it's a big problem, it's true. Yeah, um, thank you, thank you for your question. Um, one last thank question you. from uh, Gorav Chiwari. I hope I spelled, I pronounced it properly. If you want to put your audio on and video if you are video friendly? You are video friendly. Hello, Gorav.
1: Yes, I am.
0: So what is your question?
1: Hi, I'm uh, dialing in from uh, Seattle, Washington. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a question, I mean, you know, the, you come from uh, a heritage, your brand is already well-established and uh, um, you, know, you, you don't need the, the upstart sort of, you know, for new winemakers who are coming into the industry. Uh, they don't have the heritage that you have to, to start with. Um, what's sort of your advice to you? Uh, what is your advice to, to these winemakers and potentially other people um, for a consumer who's sort of, at least in the US, has gone to the, the, the younger consumer who just look at like Vivino ratings and so on and so forth, there is no, there's nothing connecting back to the environmental impact that the, the wines are having. And how should, how should we educate these, these new customers? Um, Because the environmental impact is important to them. They don't get it from wine and they're potentially just turning away from the beverage. They're drinking craft beers and other things. They're not drinking wine because they don't just, wine is opaque to them when it comes to environmental and societal impact.
4: It Big is a question. really yeah. a very good question. I well, what I'm doing also during COVID is uh, to train and never stop to to introduce the culture of our native grapes because Gavi UCG is a very small denomination in Italy, so we need. Uh, uh, to train more and more and more because the new sommelier, the new generation, are trained only about the big uh, variety, Italian variety like Pinot Grigio, like Prosecco. Uh, but it is important also to train uh, about the small denomination, the very excellent uh, variety that we have. Also, for other countries' uh, yeah. wines. So, uh, what I'm doing, and normally I, I do when I come uh, in the United States, and uh, normally I come uh, between four and five. Times in the year, I always dedicate some time to train and to meet the new sommelier and also to plan uh, meetings in the retail shops in order to meet directly myself and to hear uh, the evolution of the market, the new uh, identity of consumers and the well. I, I have a mother of millennials. So, so uh, I can understand how you can uh, start to drink wine after drunk uh, Coca-Cola or iced tea. So it is important to train uh, the palate to explain that you needed to drink well and to, to drink less and to educate that wine is not be drunk like water but you you need to feel the flavor the perfume is it a, it is an education like the music well you can listen rock uh, but you need also to listen and to be educated to mozart and verdi so it is the same it is a, an education project and we have I have a very strong distributor in U.S. that is Southern Glazer Wines, and we have a specific program with them with their training. And if you want, I will be online in the Instagram on 19 um, April uh, with the owner of Coravin, and we will start a a new opportunity to discuss about the wines and to train about the education of wine with the, with the Coravin. So thank you for your question because okay. it is a very, very important point for the future and our responsibility, well, to educate well the next generation.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, thank Gora, for your question. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting close to the end. Of the interview, but before that, uh, we have the people questionnaire.
4: Ah, okay. Uh, are you ready? Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. So here we go. So it's the first thing that comes to your mind. So, what is your favorite word?
4: Well, courage.
0: What is your least favorite word?
4: Oh, uh, laziness.
0: What's your favorite virtue?
4: Determination, for sure.
0: What's your favorite quality in a man? Honesty. What's your favorite quality in a woman?
4: Flexibility and the multitasking research.
0: Okay. What wine would you use to describe yourself?
4: Well, for uh, from from Las Kolka, the Gavi Black Label Gavi Dei Gavi, very pure, very clean, and uh, very very special tasting.
0: Okay. What's your favorite curse word?
4: Well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What sound or noise do you love?
4: Well, the the sound that uh, that I remember for uh, during my vacation the the sound of the sea and the wind.
0: Okay. What sound or noise do you hate? Wake up. <laughs> yeah, it's always
4: oh, every, up. always too late too too <laughs> early.
0: What plant or animal would you like to be reincarnated uh, in?
4: Well, a seagull. Because I, I love freedom and uh, I love the, 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 to see the, the world. So the, the seagull is the, nice. my my, my, prefer, my favorite. Oh.
0: And the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
4: Chiara, you did a good job. <laughs> and I, I hope uh, to follow my job.
0: Chiara Soldati. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you, Antoine. It was really a great experience. And I can say after quite one one year and a half uh, with the conference and the tasting and the virtual event that your event and uh, your uh, uh, audience uh, was uh, really a great experience. It was special for me, and the surprise uh, is uh, <laughs> really amazing. And I will remember for a long time this uh, this very nice evening. And I hope also when I will come and visit in Beirut to my uh, importer, I I will be very yeah. happy to meet uh, all Likewise. of you in person. And, uh, I will be very happy if you will follow me, you Antoine. You are a great follower. <laughs> thank you. I, I will be very happy to join my experience, my histories, also with our audience in Instagram, in Facebook, in LinkedIn, as you oh, want. Yeah. But to maintain this good experience all together and and the follow up our our job and our oh, next experience in the market. Thank you. Thank you very much,
0: Chiara. We are at the end of the show. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. It was so nice. Next show is on uh, April 15th. Until then, uh, be well, be safe, and uh, faith always. Uh, goodbye, everyone.